As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to UIONS, the West Ham podcast from the good people at The Athletic with me, Sam Delaney, and The Athletic's West Ham correspondent, Rashane Thomas. How you doing, Rashane? I'm all good. Yourself? I'm all right, thanks. Um, as I've just mentioned to you, a bit of context to the listener, I'm round at my mother-in-law's. I've had to quickly get round here to record this because the roofers are in over at mine and there was radios playing, all sorts of bawdy chat, some of it. <laughs> So, um, profanities were being used. Um, there, it was a lot of noise, mate, and I thought it won't do so. But I can't miss an episode of UI, so I've rushed round here to my mother-in-law's to get this emergency pod recorded. L- loving the dedication, Pablo. Absolutely loving it. Yeah, it's good. Um, so uh, Sunday, three all against Arsenal. What a roller coaster ride! They take the free kick. Oh. It's another goal. Bowen. Squeezed it in. Antonio. Lingard. Oh! Jesse Lingard. Back in Premier League action. Pepe showing can use his right foot. And there it is from Lacazette. Arsenal have pulled it back. 3-0 down. It's 3-3 in the London Stadium. A game that was very atypical in West Ham's season so far. It didn't fit in to what usually happens, which either we play quite defensively and just don't really make an effort to try and score much and then we're just disappointed and lose, or we're pretty bloody good. And one thing that I never expect is that we're going to concede three goals in any game, let alone one where we've gone 3-0 up. I mean, what did you make of this? I was still in shock, to be honest. I was still in shock by, by that collapse. So when West Ham went 3-0 up in, what, 32 minutes, I was thinking, bloody hell, what on earth is going on here? What did the players have for their breakfast? Because this is just, this is incredible. I was thinking, this could be 4-0, 5-0, or even 6-0. This is what I was thinking, because we were creating so many chances, looking so good. And as soon as Arsenal scored, I was thinking, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. There's, there's a song on TikTok that goes, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. The old people are not talking about. And that, that's what I thought of. I thought of that because I was thinking, we're sitting back, we kept inviting West Ham, sorry, not West Ham, Arsenal, onto us thinking, oh, here we go again. We basically become Tottenham. We become yeah. Tottenham, 
Because remember that match in October, we were, we were like, yeah, months. we basically can't Tottenham. So yeah, I just I well, we we said, I mean, you know, there was people saying that was a Spursy performance, and it was. And the thing is, you know, my cousin who is staunch Arsenal texted me when we went three up and said this could be ten, and I didn't disagree with him. I thought. Mainly, I thought we were playing well, but I thought they just didn't look at the races. It was one of those. I thought, we're, we're, we're doing well. But also, it was to our advantage that Arsenal looked half asleep. And I thought, yeah, we're good. this is going to be fantastic. We're getting, The three points are in the bag. Your, your mind almost starts wandering a bit. You're not so focused on the game because you're yeah. too comfortable. But what's interesting is, you say that, they scored the goal. They came back to 3-1. And... Uh, any, you know, in the past, I would have always thought, even at 3-0, old West Ham, pre-Moyes West Ham, I would have thought, oh, 3-0 means nothing. We'll still lose 4-3. But this season, I think we are so hard to score against, so hard to play against. I thought, this is perfect for us to sit back and defend the league. This is what we love to do. This is what Moyes trains them to do day in, day out, keep their shape and just be resilient and annoying to play against. And yet, Despite the fact we know all of that, when they scored their first goal, there was something in my mind too, where I thought, yeah, they're going to come back here. But I think it was just to do with the way Arsenal just suddenly seemed to wake up. That Even the build-up to that goal, there was a sharpness to them. like They'd all kind of made a decision that they, they weren't going to let this stand. And this is quite a, a, a strange thing for me to say, because usually I'm a very sore loser and I don't have much praise for other teams but I've got to say a draw was a fair result I came away from it thinking I mean I must be getting old because I can't believe I'm saying stuff like this but I thought it was a really enjoyable game to watch right there was so much attacking play from both teams there were so many moments of excitement and the point was fair because in the second half it, I don't think West Ham played particularly badly I thought Arsenal just really wouldn't let up and were just they weren't going to accept defeat and it was quite impressive yeah uh, and obviously we conceded at the worst time just before just before obviously half time you're thinking oh no Arsenal are going to regroup they're going to come out and be like come on guys like, what enough are you playing like, let's wake up and then my piece I sort of said you know like in boxing right you put your opponent down on the canvas like three times and you're thinking why are you getting up like yeah. I thought I thought it's yeah. a job what on earth is going on and I thought like, that was West Ham against Arsenal. They thought they finished the job. And for whatever reason, they weren't able to hold on. And you know what? As I think about it now, it was sort of coming. Because if you think about that 2-1 winner against Tottenham, in that last 20 minutes, yeah. a lot of pressure. Like We had to like, sustain that match and had to hold on and get the win. And we're sort of fortunate to get the win with like, Bell hitting the crossbar, Sun coming close to scoring. And mm. we just about won. You're sort of thinking, it's going to come again. And and what about United? We were yeah. saying that in the defeat to United, we said, you know, they they should have won by more. Yeah. Because, you know, Fabianski played a blinder. They, 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 it looked like they nicked it, but they were by far the better side in that game. So clearly, we are struggling to be as resilient as we were earlier in the season. Now, what I think about that is that there is a really clear correlation between us being a nightmare to play against and suddenly being more vulnerable. And that is Ogbonna getting injured. And, and you, o- you've been o- very Ogbonna. consistent with that as well. You've been very yeah. consistent Well, with that. Well, you know, Ogbonna, I think we both said for most seasons, he's our hammer of the season. I think that still stands now, even though he's missed quite a few games. 
But that that guy was having the best season he's ever had in a West Ham shirt by a mile. And it wasn't just the fact that he personally seemed to always be the guy who was shutting down those shots. Like, you sort of feel, I don't think Lacazette would have got that first shot in. I don't think he would have got that header at the far post sweep post. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think, oh, well, but it wasn't just that. The fact is, he's a real leader and he marshaled that defence, whether we were playing in a four or a three. You could see him being vocal and he was so integral to it. And, you know, now we're seeing even Virgil van Dorsen's form starting to dip a little bit. Um, and that's the worry. I don't know when Ogbonna's coming back. And I don't know whether Balbuena should be thinking now that he deserves a chance. And I don't know whether you think that maybe we would have been better off with um, a five at the back again against Arsenal. Certainly, I'm interested to know your thoughts about why it was that Callum Chambers, who was man of the match, basically all three of their goals came from down that side, our left side, their right side. Yep. How was that allowed to happen, mate? I know, all good points. First, I'll say with Obama, I'm always optimistic he'll be back before, before the end of the season. So that's, so that's good news for West Ham. And as you touched on, Craig Dawson scoring two goals in the space of two on goals, rather, in the space of a week. Just absolutely crazy. And for me, that collapse in the second half doesn't happen if the ball is in the team. It doesn't happen at all. Correct. So that, that, uh, that's my opinion on that. But Brainer, it's a tough one right now because his agent has come out and said all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, for example, right for now, he's not really a West Ham player moving forward. He's sort of looking to move abroad. So I'm always perhaps looking at that, I think, I'd rather play someone who's more committed, mm. someone who wants to be here for, for the long term. So that's my thoughts on Barbarina. In terms of uh, Arsenal just exploiting our weakness on the left flank, it's a tough one because I saw people saying, oh, bring on Ben Johnson, but he's been a bit shaky over the past few weeks. Yeah. Been a bit shaky. So you could bring him on and I'm not opinion, it wouldn't really change things as to how poor Ben Johnson's been playing. So I can see why he brought on Ryan Fredericks, but it just goes to show, moving forward, we need sort of more options on the left. And as you touched on Ogbonna, another one, Masuaku. Mm. could do with someone like him on the, on, on the left flank. He's definitely improved defensively this season. So I can sort of see why our fans were a bit annoyed of Moyes not bringing on Ben Johnson and going to a back five. But on the flip side of things, I can see why I sort of think Ben Johnson's been struggling with form. You know what I mean? If he has another bad game, but, that's, that's his form. But how was yeah. Chambers getting that space? When we could see that every time he had time and space on the ball, he yeah. was every cross he was sending in was ca- causing problems. So I would have thought, that our coaching team would see that. And it might not have been Johnson, but certainly some sort of adjustment, whether it's to double up on him. I can't quite work it out. I mean, you tend to see the game like, you know, more clearly than I do tactically, I think. But like, was it Cresswell not getting out to shut that down? Or was it Ben Rama, who should have been operating on the left, whose job it should have been to shut it down? Yeah. If it was Ben Rama, I would have been, because Moyes doesn't seem to have a huge amount of patience with Ben Rama. I would have thought that, you know, he, he would have brought Ben Rama off for, for someone else sooner than he did. For, for um, I, I feel so sorry for Cresswell because the own goal that Dawson scored, obviously Ben Rama could have done a lot better in terms of tracking back, but he's drawn towards Osaka and when he sees Chambers, he's like, what on earth do I do? Do I go towards Saka or do I go towards Chambers? Mm. And obviously when Chambers gets the ball, but first of all, no way with that free kick for Arsenal. It definitely No way. Madness. Yeah, absolute joke. John Moss, what on earth you play that? Absolute Terrible. joke. But mm. it's, it's happy. We want to move on. But yeah, so when Chambers gets the ball, he's in acres of space because Creswell's just thinking, what on earth do I do? 
So that highlights sort of the, I guess, the argument that Ben Rama could do a lot better on the defensive end. But again, it also highlights the, the, the lack of squad depth. You haven't got a, a, an obvious replacement that can come on and sort of show things up on the left. You've got, you know, two goalkeepers that are not going <laughs> to play. You've got mm. a young uh, Mipo de Beko who hasn't played the first team game since that match against Man United. So it also highlights, you know, how, how, how you know, I haven't got much alternatives on the bench. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hello listeners, sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favour to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. Our first team was a really bloody good first team, but we're paying the price perhaps for not investing in a little bit more depth in January. I can, I, I still think, you know, Moyes, Moyes is thinking that even if he finishes eighth, it will be a success, which it will be, you know. In fact, whatever he does now is a success. And, and you think he can get through the season without winning anything or without qualifying for Europe and then spend his money more wisely in the summer and as long as we do well next season and we do build a stronger squad then I think it'll it'll be you know in the end it'll be vindicated for that decision but at the moment you're thinking like say god almighty we could just have done with you know like the sort of player like we had when Snodgrass was still with us you know that those kind of players who you know are going to come on and do a really solid job I mean you know I'd half forgotten about Snodgrass, but he's exactly the sort of player you could do with now just on the bench because you know he can play in such a variety of positions, you know. And, and how dangerous Snodgrass is on set pieces, mm. you know, stuff like that's also to consider. And for sure, we definitely could do just, just someone else to, to provide us a bit of a, just an alternative really from the bench, bringing the same old players, you know, they're going to have the similar results, not going to change the game much, have much of an impact. So for sure, I'd, I'd also feel if West Ham fell to finish the top four, it'll be just these fine margins. So well, the second yeah. half, Antonio should have scored that, in my opinion, that, that, that chance. That, I know he was outstretched, but you've got to score that, in my opinion. Those, those are the fine margins where yeah. that, that's different between a top four or Europa League or not qualifying for Europe mm. <laughs> or for all that matter. Mm. So, yeah, it'll be small mar- fine margins where West Ham will miss out, unfortunately. I, I, I we'll wondered, change. even before that miss, I wondered whether Antonio looked at his sharpest because I felt that, you know, he didn't have a, a bad... I don't really 
see him have bad games anymore because he's always making an effort. But there was almost something just about his demeanour. Like, I can tell when Antonio's going to have a good game and score because he's got this brilliant sort of energy about him where he's smiling, he's laughing. One of the things I like about him is that even when there's like aggro with another player at a corner or something like that, he is always laughing, right? And he kind of is taking the piss out of the other bloke for getting all uptight about it. He's got a great personality like that. But on um, Sunday, every time I saw him, you know, off the ball, reacting to things, he just looked like he wasn't his usual self. And and, And there was always like, not even half a yard, just like maybe an eighth of a yard mm. slightly off in certain yeah. circumstances. The ball wasn't sticking to him as well as it often does when we were getting it up front. And you can tell with him, you know, he is so much about his physicality, his game, that if it's a bit off, it makes a big difference. And I felt that even, like you say, with that miss, really, because of his speed, you know, if he if he was a if it was a fully fit Antonio, I think he would have got there just an inch sooner, if you know what I mean, and got it over the line. Mm. So yeah, I just think there's question marks about that, and I think that we, again we don't have any options at all, really. You know, we've 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 four nails out as well. So at first we were like, let's give Yarmolenko a go. Now that didn't really work, but we don't <laughs> even have that. We didn't even have that option anymore. Yeah. You know. And then the only other game where we've played without Antonio, Bowen sort of operated up there, but he was supported by Ben Rama, Lingard, and I think maybe even Fournell started in that game as well. So they all started together. Uh, I can't remember what that game was. It might have been Sheffield United, but it was really good. Yeah. We played really well. And um, But now Fournell's is out as well. So really, you know, if Antonio's injured, we've got serious problems. That's, that's the one injury I'll, I'll probably dread the most, Antonio, because as you mentioned, there's not mm. an obvious replacement for him. Mipo De Beco promised a young player, but listen, he's 18. We can't expect him to be mm. a world beater right now. As you touched on, Bowen as an option. Potentially Suchek. So you're thinking, like, just got to pray his hamstrings hold up between now and mm. the end of the season because we really need him. And the second week running, in my opinion, where he sort of struggled in the match against Man uh, United, he struggled. To, to get a bit of Harry Maguire. He pretty much won all the aerial battles. And yeah. struggled again against Arsenal's defence. And I, I could see from the press box he's getting annoyed at John Moss. You know, yeah. swearing a few times. I just wonder if that also thrown him off this game. Because thinking like, what I know? I'm not getting decisions here. I'm struggling to get a bit of like David Luiz and what have you. Like, what on earth is going on? Mm. And I just wonder if that was also a factor behind it too. John Moss had a poor game, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, not being funny, but the state of the bloke you just sort of think <laughs> he can't keep up. The bloke can't keep up. He made some absolutely baffling decisions, I felt. I mean, we can't blame the ref, really, although you were right. It was no way a free kick to Arsenal. I mean, no, no one understands what that decision was for. Like, no one in the whole ground. I think he just lost his mob. I think even he didn't know, right? But you can't really blame him. Arsenal came back and it was one of those ones where it's a bit fair and square. They came back fair and square. Point was fair. But it was like just, it was more of an annoying, it wasn't like catastrophic, but it was like throughout the game, I felt like he was making poor decisions. Arsenal were getting too many of them in their favour. 
it was irritating. He's not a ref that I like. I like it when I don't notice a ref, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, Vettie to be the best one. And you know what, right? David Moyes, oh my goodness, he was getting so annoyed. There was, mm. I forgot what 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 uh, what, uh, what free kick it was, but he literally ran onto the pitch and said, "No way, is that a free kick?" No <laughs> way. And everyone on the press box started laughing. And then a few times, or like when John Moss will give a like a decision in West Ham's favour, the bench would be like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny to see about it. I agree with you. Yeah, because usually isn't it Nolan's job to give loads of gr- yeah, stick to the officials? It is, yeah, it is. and Nolan had it. He was just annoying. He had enough. He was thinking, "What on earth is going on here?" Like, mm. and everyone could see it. Was thinking, like, we're not getting decisions going like for us, and it's like. It's not even once you think, oh, I can see why John Musk gave it. It's like, no, no, no way is that a free kick. What are you thinking? So, yeah. Definitely frustrating, pal. Definitely. Really, really frustrating. However, however, let's look on the bright side of the performance. We came out of the United game and I felt, oh, really gutted because I felt we had just missed the trick. I felt it was just poor tactics, poor team selection. It was just, I thought, is this it now? We kind of, have we lost the buzz that we had? i got to say that this game has restored my confidence in West Ham. The way, you know, you don't, I don't care how off the pace Arsenal would have started. You know, you don't go 3-0 up against Arsenal if you're a poor team. We, we looked really dynamic. And even in the second half where people, in retrospect, if you look at the match reviews, a lot of the match reviews say, well, you know, Arsenal totally dominated the second half. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. West Ham had, I mean, off the top of my head, you think, obviously, the biggest chance was the Antonio miss, which we mentioned. There was another one where I think, was it Lingard and Ben Rama sort of got through? And then one of my favourite moments of of a game that had so many moments of drama, it's hard to recall them all. But one of my favourite moments was uh, Declan Rice's spectacular run, the length of the field. And... His shot stung the palms of Leno. Leno couldn't hold that shot, you know, and people were sort of, and the commentators sort of chuckled a bit like, oh, blimey, he went all the way there. And I'm thinking, lads, that's why Declan Rice is the greatest midfielder in in the country. You know, that it was sensational. So there was moments like I thought, these players, you know, it was two great teams slugging it out. And you're right, it was very much like a great sort of heavyweight boxing bout because you had two teams just proper going for it. Yeah. Um, and and so I think I come away encouraged and I come away thinking, I came away from the United game thinking, well, I don't know, Arsenal's former improving. I'm a bit nervous about this game. And I was delighted by the way we approached the game. And, you know, and I think we'd all rather see that than just a, a, a sort of a damp squib 1-0 defeat like the one against Arsenal, or like the one against Man U when we haven't even tried. Yeah. I now look ahead to Wolves with a certain amount of confidence, you know. I agree. And when I saw the lineup and saw like Ben Rama, Bowen, Lingard, and Tony, I thought, hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Good one, boys. Good one. Because this is a nice attacking team and it should do well. And obviously, we saw that in the first half an hour. And I think it could be like this, right? The first half was the new West Ham, second half was the old West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's my biggest takeaway from it all. And I feel like, if you remember last season, remember that Brighton game? We were 3 0 up. Yeah. And we came back and it's 3 3. So I just feel like lessons still need to be learned from that. And we still got to be more. Just be more ruthless in terms of cold, like closing out games between now and the, end of the season. But that Wolverhampton game, I, I'm 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 confident that match. Wolverhampton can't score right now. They have Fabio yeah. Silva, thirty million, not doing particularly great. Obviously, while Hermanis is still out, so we should have gone time match full out. Like, listen, it's unfortunate what happened against Arsenal, but we still got a point. We can still go on a good run. 
and hopefully yeah. top four. Like, there's no reason why West Ham can't be confident for that match. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. Let's uh, look at our upcoming fixtures between now and the end of the season to, to work out because we're really at a sort of a, a crossroads now. Um, a few weeks ago, I think we were both in a lot more confident about what's possible. And I think now it could go either way. I mean, I can see us potentially just ending up finishing mid-table. You could you could easily, it's very tight. It, you know, we could easily end up finishing 10th, which would be at the beginning of the season we were taking it. Now it seemed like a huge disappointment. Um, or still possible we could finish fourth. It's really hard to read. A lot of it depends on our injuries and what, what happens between now and then injury-wise. But let's look, you know, on the squad we've got available to us today, let's let's look at these games. We've both said we're confident about Wolves. Yeah. I, I, I will, you know, I I don't expect us to win, but I, I'm fairly confident we can get a result up there. Then we've got Leicester who, of course, we thrashed earlier in the season, but Leicester have really hit a very good run of form at the moment, haven't they? They have. I'd, I'd imagine for that match, Harvey Barnes and James Madison could be back for that as well. So that's more attacking threat for Leicester. I cannot be a draw, just about a draw for... Do you <laughs> think Moyes will approach that in a similar way to the way he approached Man U and Liverpool? I think for that match, yes, for the simple fact that Masuaki could be back to full fitness. Right. So that's wow. an option we could have on, on the left because Masuaki yeah. played against the Leicester City. Masuaki and Andre, um, Andre, Andre Almanenko played against yeah. uh, Leicester City for under-23s last Friday. And listen, oh. they're, they're playing 75, they're okay, but obviously still lacking match sharpness. So that's what another, what, three, three and a bit weeks for them for that match. So I reckon Masuaki could be back to full fitness by that game. Oh, that's me. exciting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that yeah. could be great. And, and then I feel much more enthusiastic about us playing 3-5-2 with Masuaki. In, in this squad. Uh, then we got Newcastle, really struggling badly. You would hope that we could get something, three points out of that, even up at their place. Yep. Um, massive game against Chelsea. Chelsea have improved a huge amount since they changed manager. Uh, on paper, obviously, they've got a much stronger squad than ours. But I don't know. That feels like such a big game. I could imagine us... I, I've got a feeling we can get something out of that, mate. I do, but... On paper right now, that will probably be the biggest game of the season. Because let's say, right, Chelsea are still unbeaten at that point. Oh, wow. I think yeah. the only thing that could perhaps work in West Ham's favour for that match, Chelsea will still be in um, yeah, Champions League, I'd imagine, by that point. Yeah. So if they could yeah. have one eye on Champions League and sort of, you know, be focused on that and not really prioritise that match against West Ham or the league for, that, for around that time. So that could work in West Ham's favour for that match. But that's going to be a tight one. It really will be a tight one. 
fancy our chances against Burnley and Everton and Brighton. That could be a crucial run of games there because on our form right now, which yeah. has been up and down, but I think I would be confident against Burnley and Everton. I thought we deserved our win up at Goodison Park. I think Everton are very inconsistent, aren't they? For sure. They've been a bit hit and miss so far. One week they look good, the next week you're thinking, what on earth are you guys doing with that team? So I definitely agree with that. And obviously we're talking about the other games, but if you really think about it, Sam, our fixtures aren't that bad. They're not. They're really not that bad. Between Not now. Not now. I mean, you know, now what's left? We've got City, United, Arsenal out of the way. The tough ones are Chelsea and Leicester, aren't they? The yeah. other, they're all tough, but the others, I think, are all winnable. For sure. We've shown we can beat Burnley. We've shown we can get a good result against Everton, West Brom, you know, so Hampton, for example. Like, these games we've won already this season. And I can't see why we can't do a repeat in, in the following uh, games. Irritatingly, Brighton are our bogey team. We yeah. never seem to get a result against Brighton. This season, I thought they were there for the taking when we played them over Christmas. But it was a game in which Moyes made one of his occasional really weird team selections where he it was the first game that Dawson came in, which seemed very strange at the time. And he also played no ball. And I felt we should have definitely beaten Brighton, really, in that game. We If we played it with a proper attacking lineup, I think we would have beaten them 3-0. They say we don't make the same mistake this time. <laughs> It's the match where he played Noble as a number 10. Yeah, he yeah. I took him off at half-time. Him and Bolton at half-time. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable performance that was. Um, but yeah, you look at it and you think, yeah, those last four, five games. Yeah. The thing is, if we went on a good run in those last five games, and, and don't forget, a lot of these teams are going to have nothing to play for. Like, I would assume Burnley and Brighton will probably be safe and Southampton. West Brom, I reckon, will be down Everton might be fighting for a European place but like I say I reckon if we're at it we, we'll have the better of Everton yep. so you think even irrespective of what happens against Leicester and Chelsea even if we lose those games if we win our last five then you're in a very very good position aren't you for sure very good and that's why I still feel like there's a good chance West Ham can finish in top four worst case wow. scenario top six worst case scenario because of the games coming up and the fact that the teams we have coming, we've beaten the majority of them. So yeah, that's yeah. why I'm, and obviously players coming back like Agbono, Masawaki and what have you, for mm. Niles as well. So yeah, I'm optimistic, Paul. I really am. Yeah, no, when you say it like that, when you think about the players coming back as well, where we'll have four Niles, Masawaki, Bono, you're right. They get those lads back. As long as we avoid any crucial injuries to the likes of Antonio Rice or Suchet, yeah. then yeah. Uh, and as long as, you know, Moyes keeps their spirits up, which we've got no reason to think he, he won't then I think there are big reasons to be cheerful. We won't talk about it now, but before the end of the season, if it does look like it's getting serious, a position in Europe, we will have to talk about how disastrous that might be for West Ham. There's a lot of chat, isn't there? Like, <laughs> oh, well, West Ham just won't be able to handle it if we get into Europe. But um, And that may well be true, especially if it's the Europa League. But uh, I really don't. I really don't care. I haven't sat through so much suffering for years to then worry about us qualifying for Europe. Everyone thinks we'll do an Ipswich and, and, mm. and, and, and just <laughs> struggle the following season. Because if you get into Champions League, you can spend a bit of money because you know you're guaranteed, no matter what happens, a big, big payday, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, Europa League's the nightmare because you, you know, you, you can't sort of gamble with so much money and you've just got to be basically spend half your year on an aeroplane going to weird places. <laughs> well, you yeah. know what? I'd, I'd rather have this dilemma than just about stay up 
You know, yeah, I mean? which is where we would usually be. This time last year, well, the football was about to end, I think, but we were, yeah, we, you know, we were only talking about whether or not we could avoid relegation. So yeah. it is, it's, it's incredible how far we've come. Absolutely incredible. Anyway, what have you got coming up for us to read this week, mate? So for all club writers, I have to write a piece on their cult heroes for their club. Cool. And I'm going to, tomorrow my piece will be on Ludo. Nice. Ludo. And he shared an absolutely funny story. I won't reveal it. You know, you have to read it in a piece, but an absolutely funny story. Oh, you spoke to Ludo, did you? Yeah, I spoke to Ludo for, for your piece. And yeah, he was great. Spoke well on Thomas Uchek and I was happy for his progress. By the yeah, machine. he must be delighted to have two Czech stars in the, in the team at the moment. Such a big affiliation. Like, I've sort of forgotten, but... Yeah, I mean, if you factor him in as well, there's such a big affiliation yeah. between Czech Republic and West Ham now, isn't there? Yeah, him, like previous people like Thomas Repka as well. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. So, yeah, great. So, yeah, he's really good. Uh, third piece, which should be on Friday, I believe. Just a piece, in my opinion, on why Declan is the future England captain. Mm. So, I think that create a lot of talking points. So, that would be good. But just before we wrap up, Sam, I want to say, I was at the um, FAU Cup game last night between um, Norwich and West Ham. Yeah. teens and oh my goodness, West Ham won 5 0. Wow. And uh, there's some good players coming through, Sam. Really? There are some good players coming through. The, the team was very strong. There was Jamal Baptiste, uh, Meepo, there was Kai Colbert. Some really good players are coming through. Uh, the one obviously we want about Meepo, but Kai Colbert, striker, he played so good, unplayable at times. There's a wow. Sonny Perkins, he was really good, also caught my eye. So, yeah, like, there's some good... And, and the good thing about it is Mark Noble was there. Here you have a chilly afternoon in in, uh, mm. in, in, in Norwich, and then you have Mark Noble taking time on a big schedule to watch on 18s. That's fantastic. So I, I, yeah, I thought it was really good. So, yeah, definitely special praise for the on 18s for a great performance against Norwich. Really exciting. Really excited to hopefully see some more young players come through next season into the first team. Uh, brilliant stuff. Cheers, Rashane. Thanks, everyone, for listening, as always. Onwards and upwards. Hope we've given you reasons to be optimistic. Oh, oh, oh hold on, Sam. Yeah. We, we need an update. What, what happened on uh, Chip Day Part 2? Any, any update? Uh, Chip Day Part 2, my wife did it, mate. <laughs> we take it in turns, yeah, on the old cooking duty. And this week, I, I actually was busy with work. I'm not making excuses, but it was... But do you know what? The, the family admitted that they were very relieved that it was my wife's turn for chip night because they thought that I wouldn't be able to take the emotional strain <laughs> of two weeks run, two de- effectively two defeats running. It's just too much. So I think there's an international break. I will regroup. I will reflect. <laughs> I will regain my fitness and I will be back for chip for the next chip night. And I, I'm confident that I'll be able to get some points on the board, mate. I expect to man the match performance for the next chip night, Sam. Yeah, yeah. well, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Um, all right. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. Till next time, come on your irons. And remember, ladies and gents, there's only one. Samasia Boo! The Athletic.